So not only is your team not in the playoffs, but now your dream scenario is no longer in the playoffs either. I mean, <laughs> what a now really, I mean, the only real upset of the week and it just dashes your, uh, you, the one thing you wanted to see out of the playoffs, it, it just completely dashes it right out the yeah. window. Yeah. Uh, and with that, welcome to the divisional round of the 2022 season and the divisional round of LR Weekly. Um, I, I mean, I don't really think there's too much, you know, just chatter to have this week. No. Uh, I think just, you know, let's, you know, get down and dirty with the uh, – with the football of the past weekend, uh, starting with something that has not happened in well over two decades. I almost three decades. Yep. Um, who day, baby? What I mean, thrilled for Bengals Nation. Yeah, and what a game it was. Um, back and forth. Uh, you know, the talk of the game was obviously there was some some questionable calls that went um, against Vegas, but um, you got to play the football. It's part of the game, you know, and the Bengals came out and played well and give it up for, you know, I am, I'm very happy for Cincinnati to get that win and get a chance and honestly have a pretty favorable matchup in the divisional round. I mean, when you look at this game, first of all, it is the first game in NFL history, the first playoff game in NFL history where each team made at least four field goals, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the kickers came to play uh, about the only thing offensively that really came to play um, for the Raiders. I mean, you look, Derek Carr threw the ball 54 times. Yeah, that's, that, not- that's not necessarily a recipe uh, for success. But I mean, if you look overall, I mean, the Raiders had more passing yards. The Raiders had more rushing yards. They averaged more yards per play. But I, I think at the end of the day, um, what you saw was Cincinnati's ability to possess the ball. Uh, they made some huge plays down the stretch, uh, including their defense um, there at the very end of the game. Uh, but like you said, I mean, if I'm Tennessee, I don't want to play the Bengals right now. Uh, no. But I think overall, huge thing for me is that the Bengals front office has built a program. They, they've built an organization that, I mean, listen, when we were kids, the Bengals were the team who you played against in Madden when you were just like sitting there playing against the computer on a snow day. Right. Like you picked the Bengals to play against. Like, I can remember, uh, I think our first Madden game we had was Madden like 94 or Madden 95 on Super Nintendo. And oh, there you, you go. You picked like you wanted to play against the Bengals and you would take like all time all Madden and play against the Bengals. And you, and but Put now, I mean, yeah, in the first quarter, it seemed like. But right. now, as you move that forward and you look at today, they have themselves a quarterback. They have an elite wide receiver. They have a solid run game. And it seems like, hey, the Bengals might be the new team in the NFC North or the AFC North, excuse me, that really – I mean, I don't see anyone coming in and kind of dethroning the Bengals anytime soon. Yeah, and I – you know, I think it it's a favorable matchup, but I think it's going to be a good matchup this weekend against uh, Cindy's Titans. Uh, I, I just – think that the Bengals are playing their best football at the right time here at the end of the season. If their offense continues to play the way that they've played, their defense gets stops, you know, they're going to compete with the Titans. And, you know, again, when you're playing your best football here at the end of the season, you're in a good spot. Uh, The Saturday night game. And first, I want to touch on this a little bit. So the the NFL has expanded to that seven-team playoff format um and i think this is kind of blown up in their face a little bit um i mean i I understand that you know they got a whole weekend full of football whatever you know you want that to mean but these two seven games and i just i don't know i'm not a fan of these expanded playoffs because and i get that the patriots would have been in 
you know, regardless. But some of these games, man, they were just horrible. And this, I mean, the Bills. Was, there was only two good games this weekend. The whole two weekend. Games. And, I mean, if you look, it's 27 to nothing at halftime. And, I mean, Josh Allen just had his way with the New England Patriots. 27-3. Oh, at halftime. I'm so, I mean, yeah, it's a huge field goal. Difference. Um, I mean, you look, 308 yards, five tutties. He only threw four incomplete passes the whole game. Storyline of the game, the past MVP, Mitch Trubisky, getting in the ball game there at the end and kneeling it down and getting his first playoff victory. How about that, right? <laughs> well, okay, I, I, why do you have to go there? I mean, uh, of course you do. Um, but I, I think overall what you saw from this was Buffalo kind of be like, okay, the, we let the Patriots play around this year a little bit. Um, I In a game that when you looked at what the conditions were going to be, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that, hey, this is going to be a dominant game for a quarterback. You know, there's a lot of talk like, oh, well, you know, is this going to be another game where, you know, the, the Patriots can do nothing but run the ball? Are we going to look at, you know, almost, uh, you know, what was Mac Jones? He threw three pass attempts in their last game that they played uh, there in Buffalo. And listen, kudos in the, you know, all the kudos in the world to Josh Allen. I mean, let, let's say that. However, the Patriots defense just laid an absolute egg the yeah. whole game on set. Yeah, and that was their recipe for success all season long was their defense keeping them in games and their offense doing just enough to win them football games. And a lot of people were picking the Patriots to win this football game. I had no, I had no confidence that Mac Jones was going to win his first playoff game in Buffalo. Um, the Bills, though. This is the Bills team that we were hoping to see all season long. And if they are playing at this caliber, I mean, to me, the game of the weekend coming up is got to be Kansas City and Buffalo. I mean, those two offensives going head-to-head against each other, it's going to be probably, and to my, to this is just my opinion, the AFC championship game, like, it, it, to me, everybody wishes this was the AFC championship game. Well, if you look at this Bills offense, I mean, yeah, they had a kneel down there at the end of the first half, which I guess technically has to count as a drive. I wouldn't count it as a drive. No. Um, but eight drives, eight touchdowns. Right. I mean, just yep. I, stuff that you don't see normally. I mean – just a fantastic, fantastic. I'm sorry, not eight drives. Uh, one, seven. seven drives, seven touchdowns. Unreal, and it's fantastic for in the a Bills. playoff game, right? Against a defense that is one of the best in the NFL, and that's the reason why the Patriots were in the playoffs was because of their defense, and they just didn't show up. Bills, I'm telling you what, that home field advantage in Buffalo, um, that was huge for them. Those fans were ready to see a playoff victory as well, kind of like uh, Cincinnati that we just touched on. Um, I'm excited to see Allen and Mahomes go head-to-head uh, this weekend. And I think if you look, Buffalo on the defensive side of the football was just as potent as Buffalo on the offensive side of the football. I mean, the, the New England Patriots' run game was an elite run game for the majority of the regular season. And you look, Damian Harris, only nine rushing attempts for only 30 yards. They held the Patriots to under 100 yards rushing. That just speaks volumes because, again, Mac Jones is not yet a quarterback that can beat you. Mac Jones will get there, but he, he can't beat you on his own. And you saw what happens because as soon as Mac Jones gets over that 30 pass attempt mark, that's that's uncomfortable territory for the New England Patriots. And that's what happened on Saturday night was Mac Jones now all of a sudden has to throw the ball 38 times. That's right. not a recipe for success for the New England Patriots. And we saw what happened with the two picks that really I just the Patriots could never get anything going 
on Saturday night. So definitely big kudos to the Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, the Bucks and Eagles, man. Like, here, here's the thing. The, the score on this game is much closer than the game itself actually oh, yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, I mean this easily could have been a 40-50 point victory. Yeah, and it it wasn't close. I feel like, you know, the Bills took or the Bills, the Bucks took their foot off the gas a little bit in the fourth quarter, uh defensively and offensively. Obviously, you want to get your team healthy. Uh they're starting to get banged up on their offensive line. Two of their all pro guys limping off the field. That's not something that, you know, you want to see come playoff time. So just you know, I think they're kind of just like, all right, let's take our foot off the gas. Let's run the football a little bit, take some time off the clock, you know, keep Tom in a rhythm, keep him healthy. And, um, you know, yeah, this is another 2-7 game where um, it, it, I do I do like the expanded playoff format, but I understand where you're coming from that this is the kind of game you're going to get from a 2-7 game. Um, it's just the way it is. And you and, look – Tom Brady passed completions to nine different wide receivers yep. or nine different receivers. Um, Mike yep. Evans led the way 117 yards in a tutty. I Brady himself, 29 to 37, 271 and two touchdowns. Again, not really throwing the football in the fourth quarter. Um, yep. here, here's where my big concern comes in for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are they going to be healthy? Yeah, and that's and that's that the key right there. If you can get some of these guys healthy, Leonard Fournette, your offensive lineman, um, you're going to be just fine in the playoffs. But if those guys are out, it's going to definitely hurt their chances at a, uh, you know at a chance to play for an NFC Championship game. And then, really, the game of the weekend. Oh, by the, far the, the Sunday afternoon. The the talk of the NFL this week, I, you know, man. So he, here's the thing, and obviously, you know, we, you can jump to the end. You know, I feel personally, I feel like that's kind of lazy to do because the storyline of this game goes all the way back to the very first quarter because that was not the Dallas Cowboys that we saw in the previous weeks leading up to this game. This is what Mike McCarthy does in the playoffs. This is what he does. He completely changes his offense. He tries to have some sort of, you know, offensive, you know, epiphany that comes to him somehow. And then his offense just looks completely inept. And, I mean, you look at their first two drives, three plays minus 13 yards. Five plays, 20 yards. So in your first eight offensive plays, you have seven yards of offense and have possessed the ball for a grand total of three minutes and 32 seconds. Yep. That's just, that's not good enough. And you're at home. It's one thing if you're on the road, you got a crowd that's coming at you. You are at home. Right. And I mean, the Dallas Cowboys just look completely inept. For that entire first quarter, and next thing you know, you have a 13-point lead that you're trying to catch up to. Yeah, and again, kudos to San Francisco defense. Uh, they really shut down the run. They made the you know Dallas one-dimensional, I felt like. Um, it's, you know, I think, I think you really want to say it. I, you know, Mike McCarthy going to Mike McCarthy in January, right? I mean, isn't he really that- is. And I mean, and okay, so it's come out now that, oh, well, Zeke's been playing with a torn PCL since week four. Okay, fine. Like, if that's truly the case, fine. You've had 14 weeks to adjust to Zeke playing with a torn PCL. It's not like he tore it in week 17. Right. And And so Pollard is not like any slouch. You can use him out of the backfield just and be just fine. He's a serviceable running back. Use him. Use CD Land on sweeps. I do something. Yeah, do Debo Samuel. I mean, I think right now San Francisco has something that other teams don't, and that's the dynamic of Debo. 
I mean, him coming out of the backfield, running sweeps, doing all these different things, makes San Francisco's offense very difficult to defend. And I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why they won this football game. Their offense is becoming more and more difficult to defend with Debo in this different, it's kind of like a Cordell Patterson in Atlanta, but more successful, like as a whole, as a team. Um, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Josh, that is not the team you want to see on Saturday night. Correct. And and we'll get there um, when we start talking about our predictions. The the thing that stands out to me is just how well balanced this 49ers football team is. 172 yards through the air, 169 yards on the ground. And the thing about it was that, okay, so are you going to hand the ball to Elijah Mitchell? Are you going to hand the ball to Debo Samuel? There were so many different pieces of that that moved and you look San Francisco only scored two offensive touchdowns the whole game. And they're both on the ground. Right. Um, So they're kind of debunking this idea of you have to pass the ball in the playoffs. You know, you got to have that quarterback because Jimmy G's number is 16 to 25, 172 yards in a pick. I mean, if you were to give me that line for Jimmy G, I would have said the Cowboys roll by two or three touchdowns. Right. But again, the, the defense, and okay, I'll say it again, the ineptitude of Mike McCarthy in the yep. playoffs led to the debacle at the very end of the game. Yeah. Now, here, here's – again, I am very anti-Mike McCarthy. I am. Right. I, we, no, really. However, I think – you can't end a game like that. No, but I think more of that responsibility falls on Dak. Yeah, but I, gotta... I think that it has to fall on Dak because number one, get down sooner. Yes. Yeah. Number two, don't throw the ball. Right. He, you hand the ball to the official because guess what? If he turns around, runs back to the official, hands him the ball, they get a spike down, they get another play. Right. Yeah, and that's what cost him the game because that the umpire was doing exactly what he was supposed to do. Trail the play. Trail the play. Yep. And I mean, you can't number one, I think it's a lazy play call. Awful. Awful play call. Just and it's lazy. You could tell it was scripted. You could tell the way that Dak like took one step and got set and his offensive linemen were already going downfield. You saw that was a play call. I don't know if that was a Kellen Moore. I mean, Kellen Moore is a great offensive coordinator, um, but is that something like Mike McCarthy's like, hey, I think we need to get a couple more yards. Let's get down the field, um, have Dak sneak it, spike it, try to get one play from the 25-yard line. I understand the thinking. However, about everybody you listen to that talks about that play, former NFL coaches, former NFL players say, like they say 18 seconds and under, you gotta you gotta throw the ball. You can't run the football and expect to get the ball spiked. Um it's it's just a difficult thing to do. And again, and I think that's the cost. Yeah, and like you said, I understand and I would agree with McCarthy with what he said in his press conference that would you rather have a Hail Mary from the 50 or actually a set play from the 25? That's fine and good, but what you have to have is a little awareness of time. Right. That could have gone down seven, eight yards before he actually did, and there would have been no difference in time. Yeah. But instead – just a horrible ending to what otherwise was a pretty entertaining second half of football. Um, That is the first time in uh, Niners franchise history that they won on the road in Dallas in the postseason. So, and and side note, there were a lot of 49er fans there. Yeah, there were a whole lot of 49er fans there now. So here's my question. Because we're going to talk about a Cardinal team here in a little bit. Do we have two more coaches on the hot seat is my question. I think, I think McCarthy's got to be on the hot seat. I mean, the, the lack of postseason success in Dallas and they 
supposedly found their guy in Mike McCarthy. And now, you know, you get a third seed, you get a home playoff game against a San Francisco team that had been hit or miss all season, started to play well at the end of the season, obviously. But this is a game Dallas should have won in my, you know, on paper, they were the better football team. But right now, the 49ers are the hottest team in football. Hottest team in football, San Francisco 49ers. You don't want to play the 49ers. And here's the, here's the thing about it, too. It's not like the 49ers went in there and put up 42 points. Right. They only scored 23 points. So a serviceable offensive effort from the Cowboys seals this thing. That's all they had to have was a serviceable offensive game. Yep. But again, McCarthy going to McCarthy. Uh, the Chiefs are playing really good football. Again, the, it, another one of these 2-7 matchups yeah. that, I mean, now listen, when T.J. Watt, you know, takes that strip sack fumble and goes in the end zone, I'm sitting there, I'm like, hold up here a minute. And then all of a sudden and it then, was like. which Okay, what is Andy Reid thinking? Putting the Chiefs in the Wildcat? Like, you have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I think again, this is this is another one of those situations where they just try to get a little too cute um, and try to get something going, try to get momentum on their side. Didn't go right, you know. Um, T.J. Watt takes advantage, scores the touchdown. At that point, everybody's like, "Okay, wait a minute." This twelve and a half point spread that everybody laid on the Steelers, you know, plus twelve and a half. You know, maybe they cover, and then the Chiefs are like. They, you ain't covering. Well, the, the, the fact is this. The fact is this. Isn't every snap for the Chiefs a wildcat with Patrick Mahomes in the backfield anyways? Yeah, you would think, yeah absolutely. I mean, really, I mean, he, he is one of probably like three or four quarterbacks who I'm like, okay, when he's in the backfield, it's just as likely that he takes off and runs as it is that he passes. Yeah. Um, had a big man touchdown. In the game, you got to love big man touchdowns. Uh, Travis Kelsey, first player in NFL history with a passing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and 100 yards receiving in a playoff game. So, I, you know, you're talking about how nobody wants to play the 49ers right now. I'm not wanting to play the Chiefs either. All right, they've gotten right. They've gotten healthy. I mean, th- this is an offense that when they're playing at home is just about as lights out as they come. Yeah. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, he, he's got to be on the hot seat, right? Yeah, I think so. What an absolute disaster in Arizona. Well, in L.A. It, the game took place in L.A. But the Arizona Cardinals are a disaster when it comes to – so this is two seasons in a row that the Cliff, King, the Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals lay an egg in the last three weeks of the season. How can he not be on the hot seat? This is a team that just stopped. Now, granted, yes, I understand you lose Hopkins, huge part of your offense. However, that offense looked nightmarish. As Big Cat said, when what are they, they putting the Bears on Monday Night Football again? That's what the offense looked like. Absolute dumpster fire. The play calls were awful. Kyler Murray was running for his life. There was no sort of rhythm ever even close to maintained on the offensive side of the ball. And the Rams just ran all over him, threw all over him. Odell Beckham threw 40-yard pass. I mean, it's just – it was – an absolute nightmare from the standpoint of the Arizona Cardinals. How many Kyler Murray with uh, Oakland Athletics uniform on, say, with the peace sign, like, hey, I'm just going to go play baseball now because you guys are awful. Um, well, I saw one of those. So they start the year off 7-0. and up. And we and then they, – We're saying, like, this team's unbelievable. Yeah. And they were. But then – you know, you go, you start seven and zero, and you finish eleven and five, including losing five out of your last six, including the playoffs. Yeah, I just you have to be able to finish a season, and I understand that players have to make plays. I do, 
But I think you saw teams adjusting to the Cardinals. And I get DeAndre Hopkins going out with an injury hurts. I understand that. Right. I draw your attention to the Green Bay Packers, who have been playing with a depleted offensive unit the entire season. You have to make adjustments. I didn't see any adjustments from Kingsbury the entire year. And you're looking at a team who in their last six games lost to the Colts, who, well, we know what happened to them down the stretch, the Seahawks, and the Lions. Yep. I just – I don't see how you justify him still being an NFL coach. I mean, I, that's great that you can start a season off hot. But at the end of the day, we live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world and two straight years – Two straight ginormous collapses for the Cardinals. Yep, absolutely. I think this weekend's going to be a whole lot of fun for football. Oh, yeah, by far. A whole lot of fun for football. It's going to um, make up for what we watched last weekend. Well, it better. It better because we watched some horrible football last weekend. Uh, and it starts Hey, Saturday's a big day for the Russells, okay? Like, let, let's just go ahead, throw this out there. Saturday's a big day for Russell family football. Um, yeah. Titans and Bengals Saturday. When you look at – one thing that I look at, first of all, the Bengals can't win road playoff games, 0-7 all-time in road playoff games. Um, but I also look, Derrick Henry, full contact in practice today. Yep. If Derrick Henry plays, if Derrick Henry plays, the Titans win this football game. And I don't think there's any question in my mind on that. Um, Because one thing that the Bengals have to have, the Bengals have to have a lot of possessions in a football game because they, they really thrive on quick plays, on Jamar Chase getting free down the field. I still don't know how the Titans are going to uh, – Cover Jamar Chase, by the way. I really, really don't know how they're going to cover him. Um, however, at the end of the day, what does Derrick Henry do? He limits the possessions the other team gets. Right. Tannehill is playing probably his best football of the year with seven touchdowns, no picks over his last three games. That's the formula that this Titans team has to ride, and their defense has to show up. If this game gets into the 30s or the 40s, Titans are in trouble. Titans got to play this game in the 20s for them to win. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I think Derrick Henry plays. This is the Titans game to win. You're playing at home. Um, you're the top overall seed in the AFC. You got to play like it. You got to come out quick against the Bengals. If the Bengals punch you in the mouth, you got to punch them back. And I don't think they do that without Derrick Henry. I think that, honestly – I could see a world where the Bengals win this football game. I truly do. Um, but if Derrick Henry plays, I can't not pick the Titans. So it's interesting. Since Mike Vrabel was the coach for the Titans, so the 2018 season, they are 8-0 when they've had nine days more of rest. So what I'm seeing here is that Vrabel's been able to sit back and he's just been able to game plan defensively. And one thing about Mike Vrabel is when he has a chance to game plan for you defensively, they can shut down anyone. They proved that two years ago when they went, uh, was it they went to New England and beat the Tom Brady Patriots. Then they turned around the next week. They went to Baltimore and beat the um, Lamar Jackson Ravens. So this is a Titans defense that if they're right. They're going to be very tough. However, on the other side, five straight games, five straight over 100 passer rating games for Joe Burrow. So, you know, this is kind of when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object type deal. This Bengals offense, this Titans defense. I think the Titans are going to be able to move the ball with Derrick Henry um, if he plays. So I really think it's going to come to the other side of the ball for each team. Can the Bengals – Score and score often against the Titans is, I think, what will define this game. Yep, I agree. You realize he's never beaten them in the playoffs? I know. 
I know. He has never beaten the 49ers in the playoffs. I every so every on um played a little poker the other weekend and all my Packers buddies all said anyone but the Niners. We want anybody but the Niners. We'll put we'll take the cow we'll take well they couldn't get the Cowboys. Oh yes, they could have. They could have got no. They said they either wanted the Cardinals or the Rams. They're like, we'll take either the Cardinals or the Rams, but we don't want the Niners because they knew they weren't getting the Eagles. The Eagles weren't beating um, Tom Brady, but you got the Niners, buddy. And I'm telling you right now, as I said before, they are the hottest team in football right now. Okay. I'm going to do a little Coach Kent Murphy here, and we're going to break this down. From, from a, a fundamental standpoint. Point. All right. Number one, the Packers run defense has to show up. For no, That is going to be the key of the game because I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can beat you with his arm. I, just, yeah. I don't. So that brings us back to yeah. how do you answer Debo Samuel out of the backfield? That That's where I don't know. Now, the Packers are a couple of different options that I think they could explore. Number one, you just constantly have a spy on Debo, whether that's Jair, whether that's Rasul, something. I don't know. But you always have to have a guy who follows Debo Samuel. Number two, and this is one that I, I'm not huge about, but I've heard it talked about today, and it is simply flood the box. Six, seven-man fronts every single play. I don't like that option, strictly because what happens if Jimmy G gets hot? And so it's one of those, okay, well, do you want to trust Jimmy G or do you want to possibly let Debo run wild? I don't know. As a Packer fan, like all of your Packer fans, Buddy said, this matchup gives me PTSD. Yeah, Raheem Mostert would like that name when that gets Correct. That That one. Let's go all the way back even further to old candlestick. I mean, it it goes all the way back there. I believe it was Terrell Owens when he was with the Niners. Had that play where he just got absolutely mollywopped at the goal line, but then falls into the end zone. I, I don't know. Here's where I'm at. Number one, it's going to be absolutely freezing cold. Yeah, it is going to at Lambo. And when I look at this, and I know technologies, but this, that, and the other thing. The 49ers have not played a single cold weather game all year. Not a single one. Because their last, let's go all the way back to week 14. Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Rams, Dallas. The cold is a factor. Yeah, it is. There's no doubt about it. At Lambeau. And when all of a sudden you're – and the footing at Lambeau, are they going to be able to throw the ball? All of these things, I don't know. Now, I will tell you, there was only one other matchup that worried me more than the Niners. That was going to be the Cardinals because this year – And historically, the Packers have really, really struggled against dual-threat quarterbacks. We have not had good success against dual-threat quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo's legs do not worry me at all. I mean, I'm not trying to say that Jimmy G is not a good athlete. Jimmy G is probably a great athlete. But if you give me the idea of playing Jimmy Garoppolo or playing Kyler Murray, I would probably rather play Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I think the Packers win this football game. I think they do. 
Do I think that this is going to be one of those games where as a Packer fan, I sit there and I'm like, you know, thank goodness we have Aaron Rodgers. Because this is going to be a game that he wins in the fourth quarter. Because, and I don't know, this is going to sound, can I sound weird for a second? Or are you okay with me sounding weird? Hey, I'm all about it. I watched Rodgers' interview on Pat McAfee yesterday. There's something a little different about him this year, really since the COVID thing. Because what Aaron likes to do more than anything is make people mad. He loves it. He, I honestly think he likes being the bad guy. Like, he just doesn't care. And I think since the whole COVID thing happened, he's just kind of got a little chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, I, so I think the Packers win. I think this game, it, again, I see that this could be one of those. The Packers are up four. Their defense gets a stop with like seven minutes left. And Rodgers just takes the ball, six-minute drive for a touchdown and ices the whole thing. Now, what does the emotional side of my brain say? Emotional damage is what it says. Yeah, it you know, For all you TikTokers out there. Um, because this is the type of game that historically the Packers have lost in the playoffs. And this is a team that we have historically lost to in the playoffs. Um, but I'm going to ride with my pack at least for this week, depending upon who we would see in the NFC Championship game, that tone might change. Um, but give me the Packers this week. This is where it. This is where it ends, my guy. One, you know, they're weeks off. They've been kicking their feet up. They come to Lambeau a little rusty because they've been their feet have been up. And Jimmy G and those Niners torch Green Bay. I think this game gets out of hand again. Niners by fourteen plus. Yep. So. Let, then let's do a friendly wager here. Yeah. You're going to give me 14 points. No, I'm just trying to get you riled oh, up. Oh, now you're just trying to get me riled up. I, okay, I, just, I, don't, I don't think this is a 14-point game either way. I don't. No, I think no. these two teams are very, very well matched up with each other. And I think that they are both fit to exploit weaknesses on the other side. I think the Niners win this game, though. I really, truly do. I can see, and that's the thing. I would not be surprised if the Niners won this game. Like, I think the Packers minus six, probably about the sweet spot. Um, but again, th this is another, hey, it's got to be in Aaron's head that he hasn't beaten him in the postseason. It's got to be in his head. Um, moving to the next Sunday, Bucks and Rams. I mean, this, this is one of those that we've waited all season for. And I think that the that Sunday slate is like everybody's been waiting for these playoff matchups. These two. Yeah. These I think two matchups. I feel like a lot of people had these as AFC and NFC championship game matchups at the beginning of the year. Correct. Um, so to me, Sunday's gonna be awesome. Best football you'll see this season. Um so far, I mean. And I just – I love these games. Um, but – Can I can I read you these stats? I love – I love numbers, okay? I love stats. Just to show you how even these two teams are. So, over the course of a 17-game NFL season, the Los Angeles Rams have averaged 372.1 yards of offense. The Bucks a little bit better at 405.9. Uh, passing yards, 273 for the Rams – 307 for the Bucks. This is where it gets fun, my friend. Rushing yards. The Rams, 99 rushing yards a game. Tampa Bay, 98.4. Yards per play. The Rams, 6 yards per play. Tampa Bay, 6.1 yards per play. Points per game. LA, 27.1. Tampa Bay, 30.1. Let's keep going, shall we? Fumbles lost per game. The Rams, 0.3. The Bucks, 
point four. Gatorade cups used per game. I mean, it's third down <laughs> conversions, 43%, 47%. The time of possession is within a minute and a half of each other. Like, this is insane when you look at this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, Josh, that this is going to be a great football game. But there's somebody playing in this football game that – I don't care who's around him. I don't care what's going on around him. Bruce Arians, $50,000 fine today for smacking one of his own players. <laughs> Interesting decision on his part. I don't, I don't really know what happened there. Um, it's Tom Brady. And I've learned that you can never just say, well, the Rams have this, this, and this. They have a great defense. They have Cooper Cup. They have um, you know, good running backs. Cam Akers is back. Sony Michelle's running the football well. Um, I don't care because the quarterback position in football is so very important. And I get that I just picked Jimmy G over Aaron Rodgers, but there's a lot of different things that go into that decision because of the PTSD of Green Bay fans. Plus you but hate Aaron Rodgers. I do hate Aaron Rodgers. But Tom Brady – Matthew Stafford, who just got his first playoff win. This is a man that just got his first playoff win that has to go into Tampa Bay, play against Tom Brady. And I'll tell you right now, Tampa Bay's defense is no slouch either. These are two good defenses going up against each other, against two good offenses. But there's one great player in this football game, and that is Tom Brady. He's the difference in this game. The Bucs win. They go to the NFC Championship game and could possibly face Aaron Rodgers, um, which would be a crazy rematch again of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in an NFC Championship game. With, with this game, so – and I want to go back to what you said about picking Jimmy G over Aaron Rodgers. The thing about – so – I, I think Cooper Cup is the Rams' biggest offensive weapon. For the Niners, I believe is Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel can make things happen on his own. Cooper Cup has to have Stafford throw him the ball. Right. Um, and, and I think that that's a big difference there because one can beat you on his own. The other has to have someone distribute him the ball. Um, really quick, I, what up, let me make one more point that I – Tampa Bay is a much better football team when Rob Gronkowski is healthy and he is such a big red zone threat and having him back again, I'm telling you third down. I want you to pay attention this weekend. Everybody listening, everybody that you, Josh, how many third down plays does Tom Brady go to old reliable Rob Gronkowski? He loves going to Rob on third downs. That's where he feels comfortable with. He's a big target. That is his guy. When Rob's healthy, the Bucks are rolling. Go ahead. Why would you honestly, to piggyback off of that, go to anybody else? Right. You have a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, he's unguardable. Because if you put a linebacker on him, he's going to run past the linebacker. If you put a corner or a safety on him, he'll just box him out. He'll go to the sticks, box out, catch the ball. So I, when the, when the Bucks play to their potential, they are the best team in the NFL. I, I don't think there's any question in my mind about that. Um, I think you, you said that that Packer game could get out of hand. I think this one's going to get out of hand too. Um, I do not know if that Rams defense can contain the Bucks offense. I, just, I really don't. They're the 17th ranked defense in the league going up against – the best offense in the league. I, I don't see that matchup playing out well on the road. If you're at home, okay, you might, you know, crowd factors in, but you're going on the road with a bottom half defense against the number one offense and the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes, sir. We have trouble. Right. A capital T and a capital B. And that's Tom Brady. Bat. To what I think will be the game of the weekend. 
Oh yeah. All right. By Chiefs far. Bills. Um, two just absolute electric uh, offenses. Patrick what Mahomes and the Chiefs. The, do we know what the over is on this game? Well, so here, here, fun fact. Tampa or uh, not Tampa, Kansas City. Kansas City averages 32 plus points a game with Patrick Mahomes. That is the highest playoff points per game average in NFL history. So whatever the over under is on this game, 54 and a half over, right? Over, 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 over. I honestly think this game could end up 41 to 48 or something ridiculous. Easily, easily, because you have so many weapons that can hurt you in so many different ways. Yep. Um, and I don't know how either side decides who you're going to stop. Right. And, and that, I guess that's what really stuck out to me about uh, the Steelers um, Chiefs game was that whoever the Steelers chose to focus on, on one play, it seemed as if the Chiefs just said, okay, you're going to try to stop that. Fine. Here's four other things that you have to try to stop. Good luck. Fine. You want to focus on Tyreek Hill? Here's a 25-yard go to Travis Kelsey. Oh, you're going to try to jam Travis Kelsey on the inside? Cool. Here's Nicole Hardman. Here's Tyreek Hill on the outside. Good luck. Right. I don't know how you stop it. Yep, I don't either. And I that's why I'm telling you, Josh, I think Chiefs at home playing the way they're playing. Patrick Mahomes is starting to get hot again. Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire could come back for this game, which would bolster the Kansas City offense, uh, their rush game. Um, even though they've really had a you know a spark from those um, you know those running backs, I I have a hard time picking against the Chiefs at home. I do. I think Buffalo is going to come in and play well. I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. I think that Buffalo State keeps it close. I don't think that this is a blowout by any means. Um, but I just Kansas City at home. That's a tough place to play. It really, truly is. When the tomahawks are chopping and it gets loud, um, it also makes their defense better. Which their defense is not a, a amazing defense by any means. Which I think that's why this game gets up into the thirties and could even get up into the forties. And I think that at that pace, you have to give the advantage to Kansas City. Right. Um, if this is a slower pace, you know, where you look, hey, we want long, sustainable drives, I think it might swing back to Buffalo a little bit. But if you're going to turn this into a shootout, I, again, like you said, how do you pick against Kansas City at home? Right. I mean, I just – I don't think you do. No. Nope. Um, one interesting – fact that you know we're sitting here talking about overs and this that and the other they each average 28 points a game i mean it, these two matchups with the bucks and the rams and the chiefs and the bills just the shocking similarities with these teams in regards to their yards per game their points per game their time of possessions and i want to take this back to why do we need seven teams in the playoffs? Why do we need seven teams? Listen, I'm not upset that we had six playoff games last weekend. I'm not upset about that. But what purpose does it serve? That is the only one. It's all about the money. Yep, it's 100%. It adds an extra game. It adds an extra, you know, um, available game for people to watch viewership sponsorships commercials all that money you know um, but I also do think it adds that extra excitement level at the end of the season you saw how many teams at the last moment had an opportunity to get in the playoffs that doesn't happen when there's only six spots um, and if you want to have seven teams fine get rid of week 18 but yeah. I I, here's the thing. You can't have teams playing 17 games of a regular season and then also throw on more playoff. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, okay, I love the NFL. 
it was great sitting down and having three playoff games on Sunday, two playoff games on Saturday, and a Monday night. That was fantastic. But the quality of football isn't there with these seven seed teams. Now, this might be, you know, overreaction just because we had horrible two seven games. Right. The seven seed is yet to win since they've expanded. And really, we're yet to have a good close game in those right. two seven matchups. So, and th- listen, I fully understand you'd be like, okay, well, would the 49ers have, you know, played the Bucks better? Yes, they would have. It, you know, I don't have any question in my mind that the Bucs would have played or the uh, 49ers would have played the Bucs better. And then you go to the AFC side with the question being, well, would the Patriots have played the Chiefs better? That's one where I don't know. I don't know if anyone would have been within 20 points of the Chiefs on Sunday. So I, I just, I don't know. Again, I go back to what you said. The NFL is playing for money, and I know it sounds weird in NFL podcasts asking for less NFL football, but at some point, your quality has to outweigh your quantity. And I think with this last weekend, what we saw is that more playoff football doesn't always equal better playoff football. Yep. So a little bit of a shorter episode this week. Um but I, I mean, again, really, besides the Cowboys, they, I, everything kind of played out exactly how we thought it would Yep. Um, this last weekend. So next week, we'll come to you. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll actually be together uh, yeah, ne- next week. Sit down and we very well could be, uh, you know, discussing the ending of the Green Bay Packers season. I certainly hope not. Um, just just if it does happen, be nice to me. I will. Okay. I, I have a long week at work and, and, you know, I'm going to look for a little joy this week to come uh, from the boys in green and gold. So from L- all of us here at LR Weekly, enjoy the weekend of football and we will talk to you next week. Go Pat, go. Go 